Hey, everybody. It's the Charlie Kirk Show. Citizen Kane joins us. We also highlight uh, some conservative offices that were firebombed in the state of Minnesota. And we talk also about is Rana going to step down as RNC chair? It certainly seems that way. And what needs to happen next? Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. Also become a member. It's members.charliekirk.com. That's members.charliekirk.com to support our program. And email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Last weekend at about 2 o'clock in the morning, Saturday night, Sunday morning, one or more arsonists broke into this building. And they set two fires. They set one fire on the ground floor in the corridor between our office, Center of the America Experiment, and space across the hall that we subleased to Take Charge, which is Kendall and Sheila Paul's organization. So the arsonists set one fire there, and then they set a completely different fire up on the third floor. And I think they broke down the door to the office of the Upper Midwest Law Center and set that second fire inside that office, which is now completely destroyed. It's obvious that these arsonists were targeting conservative groups. This building is full of uh, psychologists and chiropractors and financial advisors and so on. They didn't target any of those people. They specifically targeted the three conservative groups that are located in this building. It's not going to impact us a bit. We actually launched a new campaign yesterday and we're going to have to work remotely for a little while. We're working on finding a substitute office space for the next few months. This is not going to impact our work. This is a huge story that caught my attention. And I told Andrew immediately, get this on the show. I believe that was John Hindrecker, who's a good friend. I've known him for a while. He's great from Minnesota. But joining us now is James Dickey. He's attorney for the Upper Midwest Law Center. Uh, James, thank you for joining us. This caught my attention. It should be national news. Uh, arsonists come in and... it. I would imagine there's a federal hate crime statute about this, you know, using uh, explosionary incendiary devices against people's political views. It seems rather cut and dry. James, walk us through this. This is a major story that has received zero mainstream coverage. Well, thanks again, Chris Charlie, for having us on here. And it's been a really uh, frustrating situation for us. Uh, last Sunday, January 28th, I got an email saying that our office has been uh, totally torched. Uh, as John Hinderocker from Center of the American Experiment said, uh, firebombed, essentially using accelerants in front of our office uh, on the third floor of the building and in front of Center of the American Experiment and take charge on the first floor of the building. And uh, some of that footage you just uh, played there uh, was our office on the third floor, which was essentially entirely uh, destroyed uh, with some rare exceptions, unfortunately. Uh, and it's been a really uh, awful situation. Uh, but as John said, despite it being terrible to feel targeted like this, 
Uh, we are going forward without any uh, stopping in our work. We're going to continue to do the good work that we do on behalf of the people of Minnesota. Yeah. So just walk us through some more of the details here. Um, what, how many people did this? Is there security footage? I mean, it's obvious it's political in nature. And then connect that with just the bubbling up of radicalism every so often we see in Minnesota. You know, we hear about Minnesota nice. We don't think about Minnesota arson. Yeah, no. So the, the uh, as far as we know, what I'm aware of at this point, first of all, there are security cameras at the building and there was a security camera on the first floor in front of Senate of the American Experiment. Uh, I've had conversations with federal law enforcement uh, a couple of times so far. Uh, they are uh, hot on the trail and uh, I don't have any updates in terms of any arrests or any suspects that they've identified so far, but they are hot on the trail. They're hardworking on this case. Uh, they seem like very, very much wanting to get the people involved here. And yeah, I mean, you know, you think of Minnesota nice, you think that uh, there's going to be people out there who may disagree with us, but that they'll respectfully disagree. Um, and unfortunately, there is a, a large element in Minnesota, apparently, of people who are willing to take action like this and, you know, attack someone towards their office because of their political views. Is there, do we have any idea? I mean, we know politics, but a motive, is there something a project that is being um, worked on or being considered that triggered this? Or was this a, um, like, a, a, let's just say an escalating type conflict? You know, we don't have, this came out of kind of out of the blue for us, but I mean, we do take on a lot of very, at the Upper Midwest Law Center, where, which is my firm, we take on a lot of hot button issues. I'm arguing in the Supreme Court of Minnesota on Thursday that the governor did not have the authority to declare a peacetime emergency uh, in response to COVID-19. We have an argument coming up in the Minnesota Supreme Court in April that the uh, new change in the legislature, that those who are still serving felony sentences are allowed to vote despite the Constitution's statement to the contrary for Minnesota. That's coming up in April in the Minnesota Supreme Court. So there are some very high profile issues that we take on. And uh, we, we don't know if there any particular issue is the cause of this, but we have to think that I mean, as John Hendrocker said, they didn't set fire in front of the chiropractor and the psychologist. They set fire in front of the three conservative organizations. Uh, there's a clear motive here. Yeah, there, there's, of course, a motive. And so just last question here. How could people support your organizations? I mean, this is important. I hope the whole audience understands this. You guys are doing great work. It's honestly mainstream, constitutional, nothing radical, very run of the mill type stuff, pro freedom. It's not this is not crazy stuff. You guys are targeted with firebombing. And just so everyone understands, evening, nighttime, twilight firebombing is now a pattern. And and very few, I think there was only one arrest, right, Blake? One arrest post the Roe versus Wade reversal on firebombing, maybe. And right, there was, oh, there was hundreds of these. And th so you have these radical Antifa-like activists. They, they will break into offices, they'll firebomb, and then they'll leave. And they're not held accountable. Do you have, so how could people support you? And I, I know I asked something similar. Do you have any evidence that federal law enforcement is on the case here? Oh, yeah. Federal law enforcement is absolutely Good. on the case. Uh, they, we've had interviews uh, with them and, um, you know, they're they're. I know that they're working on it. And I can't say much more than that at this point, I think. But I think uh, I'm hopeful that we'll see something here soon. Good. As for supporting us, you can go to umlc.org slash donate, umlc.org slash donate. And every dollar that we get, of course, goes to our work. And uh, we certainly do, like you said, try to bring clear constitutional claims on behalf of uh, people in Minnesota who deserve their right to individual freedom and liberty. 
And, you know, we're really grateful for all the support that we can get. James, thank you so much. We have your back. Thank you. Thank you, Charlie. Appreciate your time. Blake, what are your thoughts on that story there? I mean, it's it's received almost no coverage. And this is a pattern, this evening nighttime violence of office buildings. I can't easily say how much of a pattern it is. I can definitely say if, yeah, if we had a firebombing in D.C. of even any random liberal office, you know, MAGA violence on the rise. The did Donald Trump rad- did Donald Trump radicalize his yes. supporters to burn down the offices and it's insanity and it really is it's a it's a regime that has to lie to you all the time about what's going on in the country they lie to you about how much crime there is they lie to you about who commits the crime they lie to you about all of this stuff and then you have to be paying enough attention to notice notice things like this and go oh wait a minute that that doesn't that doesn't work out. That doesn't fit into the pattern. But you feel sad because it's very easy if you're sort of very accepting or just don't pay as much attention to just go with it. You have to really push back on that. And it's becoming easier to push back on that. But it's definitely not automatic for a lot of people. Andrew, what's your take on this? We saw this happen a lot with the pro-life abortion deal. What What's your take on this? No, I, I totally think it's a pattern if you if you connect the pro-life, uh, you know, dozens and dozens. I'm trying to get the number here. I, I believe it was over 100 that they that they uh, that they were investigating and there just seemed to be zero urgency from federal law enforcement. Yeah, they put out eventually the FBI kind of got off their you know rears and started offering reward money. But it took the conservative social media basically pushing back on it a number of times. And, you know, you see this, yes, with Antifa, you saw this with the George Floyd, Floyd Palooza riots, and then uh, after Roe v. Wade. And I think, Blake, you made a great point, and they, they call it whataboutism. But the reason they, they, get, they get mad when we do this is because it's just so clear every time. If the shoe was on the other foot, all we would hear about is domestic violent extremists and MAGA conservatives, and Biden would issue a press conference and say, the number one threat in America is... Uh, you know, right wing uh, domestic violent extremists and white supremacy and all this stuff. And it's like, well, hey, when the, when it happens the other way, can we not at least get a little bit of, you know, anger, upset? You know, can some people not say, hey, this is wrong. This is just wrong, plain wrong. Doesn't or, matter who it happens to. Can people stop lying to us? Yes, Could people right. stop this hysterical, you know, in, we have this incipient White nationalist MAGA uprising militias. Yeah, and and Elon Omar, A.B. Klobuchar, I'm sure they were very quiet on this. You might have to be moving boxes or just it's tough, a lot of stress, and that means inflammation increases. And that means pain also might increase alongside of it. Relief Factor, though, is here to help. It's a daily supplement that helps your body fight back against pain. It's 100% drug-free, and Relief Factor was developed by doctors searching for a better alternative for pain. Relief Factor uses a unique and proven formula of natural ingredients like turmeric and many others to help you get out of pain, to reduce or eliminate the everyday aches and pains you're experiencing. So whether it's neck, back, joint, or muscle pain, Relief Factor can help you feel better. Unlike pills that simply mask your pain for a short time, Relief Factor helps support your body's natural response to inflammation. So you feel better all day, every day. Over 1 million people have tried Relief Factor Quick Start, and nearly 70% of people go on to order it again. Relief Factor isn't simply about feeling better. It's about living better, living the life you want, doing the activities you love. So see how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week Quick Start feel back or your money back guarantee. So check it out right now, relieffactor.com or call 1-800-4-RELIEF. Slay that inflammation. Go to relieffactor.com. 
I want to play a piece of tape here. Uh, President Trump over the weekend uh, said uh, changes are coming to the RNC. And breaking news today, uh, there is a resignation. Uh, Mike Reed, is that right? Is that his name? Mike Reed, who is the chief of staff to the RNC chair, uh, is stepping down, is resigning. Play cut 32, please. Anna McDaniel doing? Uh, I think she did great when she ran Michigan for me. I think she did okay initially in the RNC. I would say right now uh, there'll probably be some changes made. Probably be some changes made. He also, President Trump said to Newsmax, uh, it is time for Ronna McDaniel to step aside. Um, she knows and she understands that. I actually haven't even heard this cl- clip yet. So once Ryan gets this, Andrew, what is your take on this? I mean, the, the, here's the thing. We need to get our we need to get our things in a row, our ducks in a row heading into November. One of those things is regime change at the RNC. But there's a long list of other stuff that needs to happen. I am I am hopeful that this is finally sorting itself out. Uh, I think what you said is really key, and that's that, you know, the base is going to get really excited when Rana steps aside, which all indications seem to indicate that she's she's going to. But we have to remember that's just one of probably a hundred things that follow after that that are critical to 2024. So, you know, caution to the base, caution to the audience. Don't, you know, yes, it's a good change. It's great to hear that Donald Trump is signaling that change needs to happen. But then we need to start fixating on, you know, who's going to replace her, who's going to be the co-chair. Are these people going to represent the voice of the base? Um, And then at that point, you know, it's critical because the base has turned off the donations for the RNC. So we want people in places of power that inspire the grassroots, that get small small dollar donors back in place, and that really are willing to champion the get out the vote efforts of Turning Point Action and other groups. So, you know, you've been really consistent. You've never made this a personal thing about Rana. Rana's, I don't know her personally, you do, but you know, I've from everything I've heard, she's a very sweet, very kind person. It's not about that. It's about winning. It's about getting over the finish line in 2024. The country depends on it. We need to restart the RNC. We need to. Uh, 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 we need the base, the the voting, you know, conservatives out there across the fruited plain to realize they can trust the RNC again. They can get back engaged, uh, and we can all unite and, and and win. Let's play this right here. It's cut thirty three. A uh, Donald Trump on Newsmax. Play cut thirty three. Fundraising is an issue. Hasn't been a good past couple election cycles at all. 2022 should have been far better than it was. I think we can all agree on that. Is is it time for Ronna McDaniel to step aside? Well, I think she knows that. I think she understands that. And, you know, as far as me is concerned, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I endorsed almost 100 percent of the Republicans that I endorsed win. And in the midterms, out of 253 endorsements, I won 222 races. And so he's signaling that Ron is going to go. And so I think we now need to have a checklist of what is the RNC going to do on the most important priorities and that's always been our gripe, right, Blake, is it's not about personal. And Politico wrote this article. They said, oh, it's, you know, Turning Point is upset because Ron is too close to the establishment. That's actually not no, our gripe. We're upset that they have the same leadership after three elections in a row where we feel we left a lot of wins on the table. Yes. Adam Laxalt in Nevada, Herschel Walker in Georgia, things where marginal infrastructure could have made a big difference. Yeah, it's just if, you know, if she were winning a ton and still close with the establishment, we could accept that. If she were totally on our side in every way and maybe left something on the table that would also that would not be ideal but we at least sympathize more but it's the sense of being both that's really infuriating but it's definitely the losing above all you had you had this great thing you said 
it would be it, it would it's awful that the RNC both hates their voters and loses. Yeah. One of those things you could keep your job. <laughs> At least, you know, yeah. if you win a bunch of races and you hate your voters, you know, I don't know why you're helping us so much. Exactly. Thanks. <laughs> or you could respect your voters and lose a bunch of races, which we could talk about like, OK, but if you hate your voters and you also lose all the time, there's no excuse. Yeah, it's just what have you done for me? Like what what is the case for keeping them around? I would love to know it. Email us freedom at charliekirk.com. Our restoring national confidence summit in Vegas. That made waves. I'll tell you what. That was only a week ago. And uh, that drew a lot of attention and got a lot of people thinking about the RNC. And it's really been a grassroots driven thing. You guys deserve all the credit. And if this ends up happening, which it looks like it will, and President Trump is angling and signaling towards that because Trump wants to win. Trump is a once in a 100 year political force. He wants to win. He's unlike anybody we have ever seen. And I think he knows that the current RNC leadership, he's, uh, he's a little bit, he's a little bit worried about what they can or cannot do. Hey, everybody. Charlie Kirk here. It's the month of love. And that gets us all thinking about one thing, bacon. Everyone loves bacon and they really love free bacon, which means you're going to love getting free bacon for a year from Good Ranchers, the number one American meat delivery company. Subscribe to any of their 100% American meat boxes and they'll add a pound and a half of apple wood smoked bacon to your order for free. Not once, not twice, but every order for the year. This is expertly smoked heritage prime slices of the best 100% American bacon you've ever had. Good Ranches sources all the pork and every other cut they sell from local farms and ranches in the in America, meaning you can trust every bite for you and your family. Simply go to GoodRanchers.com, pick your box, use my code Charlie, and enjoy $240 of free bacon. Stock your fridge with easy-to-prepare, delicious American meat all year long. Fall in love with beef, chicken, seafood, especially bacon all over again by subscribing at GoodRanchers.com. Make sure to subscribe today and use promo code Charlie. To claim $240 in free bacon, that's GoodRanchers.com. American Meat Delivered, GoodRanchers.com. That is GoodRanchers.com. Mr. Kane, you are important enough where you have, you're the only guest that you get your own welcome music, your own walkout song. <laughs> CitizenFreePress.com, how you doing? Doing well, Charlie. Yeah, I have the same reaction to that song as you do. I love it. I can't believe that it, that it fits, uh, so I'll take it. Technically, they say his name is King, but it sounds like she's saying Kane. So we're going to we're going to take it. So uh, it's citizenfreepress.com. Kane, there's so much I want to talk to you about here. And also, I just want to compliment you. Your website is as hot as a pistol right now. I mean, what are the page views? Are you allowed to tell us you're one of the top websites on the planet? Yeah, oh, I can certainly tell you. Yesterday, we did 13.2 million page views. Uh, I, I've explained it before. We have a very rabid base, right? The website loads extremely quickly. There are no ads on it. So it loads. It's less than a megabyte. It loads in in half a second. And, and um, so, yeah, we have about 500,000 people who visit about, you know, five or six times each. And, and they click on multiple pages while they're there. So that all adds up to 13 million. And I'll say quickly, I've been, I've been watching Drudge's numbers. They've continued to fall. He's now sort of edging down towards 500 million in the last 30 days. And we're at about 380 million in the last 30 days. That's so we're getting crazy. close, you know? Yeah. Blake, yeah do you have a thought on that, Blake? Well, it's just, Blake, I mean, Blake we say he, he's today. going down, but is, you know, is Matt Drudge still at the Drudge yeah, Report? Yeah, that's the question, Citizen Kane. Is is he still the mastermind behind Drudge? 
Well, I can actually provide a pretty definitive answer here, and it's not an answer that people usually like to hear. But yes, Matt Drudge is still running that site every single day. And I know that for a fact because of I can't really say the journalist's name, but there's a journalist who publishes in conservative media who sent me some screenshots that he had with emails with Matt. And Matt, he asked Matt to publish a story uh, by email. And the next morning it was on Drudge Report. So, if he, you know, he has a couple of editors, but the evidence seems to show that Drudge is, that Drudge is still there. And, you know, look, he's still linking to some occasional conservative sites, some of his favorites. He linked to Free, Bre- Free Beacon in the last week. He linked to Breitbart. So I really believe that it's just Drudge uh, turned against uh, Donald Trump. And um, and then the rumors began that Drudge, you know, must no longer have have anything to do with it. But well, I really but he does. It, it's it's an incredible thing. Kane. you're on pace. I mean, this this calendar year, this political cycle, you might surpass Drudge Report, which I mean, in media, Blake, that is like that for 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 non when I was at the Daily Caller uh, writing for them, a, a colossal amount of our traffic just was get your article on the Drudge Report. It was you would get an yeah. email in the work inbox whenever it happened because it was so important to traffic. It, it was yeah. a make or break thing for the company, wasn't it? Pretty much. Yeah, Kane. And just I mean, I, I'm here. To, I want to talk about stuff, uh, some new stuff. But Kane, you, yeah, you don't have an elaborate staff. You're just a dude from the Midwest that started posting links. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, it's astonishing. And. To what he just said, he's he's actually right. And the numbers, though, have fallen for Drudge. It used to be you could get 100,000 to 500,000, maybe even 600,000 uh, clicks if you're on the Drudge Report. And and those numbers are falling. I've heard that from multiple journalists who have had links on CFP and had links on Drudge that say that just his, you know, the click-through rate has really fallen. Back to the point of me being in an office, yeah, there's no staff, Charlie. You know as, as well as anyone. I just work... 16 hours a day and and do this till two or three o'clock in the morning every single day for seven years. I think it's the only way I thought at the beginning that that was the only way to compete with Drudge was just to provide, you know, a lot more content. And he's doing 50 or 60 links a day. And we try to do 130 to 150. So there's a heck of a lot more content on CF. Well, and just just everyone knows people say, where do you get your, your news from? I sit here during the show and Kane, you update it. 10 or 12 times while I'm on the show, right? I mean, it, and it is it is within minutes. All right. So with that, Kane, a couple things I want to talk. I want to talk about the border bill. I want to talk about Trump and Haley, the lawfare stuff. Let's talk about lawfare first. Kane, you and I had this really important conversation. I know you remember it about a year ago where, you know, it was like one o'clock in the morning and you said, Charlie, I'm just, I can't, I can't go to sleep because I just can't keep on thinking about how they're going to indict Donald Trump. Kane, about a year later, it seems as if Trump has dodged and weaved some of the most pernicious yeah. lawfare attacks. He's not out of the woods yet. How do you analyze this, Kane? Well, first, I want to add a little color to that. You know, so I, it was actually 3 a.m. I was still <laughs> awake working and I was thinking, now, who could possibly still be awake right now and would want to talk about this? And I immediately thought of you because you're in a different time zone. I thought maybe he's still awake at midnight. So yeah, you and I have been have been game, you know, wargaming this for a while. Um, it's uh, he has dodged and weaved, you know, he's been very very successful. So let's let's sort of get to how that, you know, the the DC appeals court decision plays into this dodging and weaving. You know, I defer to Jonathan Turley on all of this stuff and he's put out some important tweets which I have 
in the stack at CFP where he said that basically, okay, we know the D.C. Appeals Court put a February 12th deadline. I'm sure you saw that. They're basically trying to speed things along. They said we will stay our decision until February 12th to allow Trump to appeal this to the Supreme Court. The reason they're doing that is they're trying to expedite it, because according to Jonathan Turley, Trump actually has 45 days from the day of the ruling to request an en banc hearing from uh, from the D.C. appeals court. So to quickly explain to people, today's ruling was from three judges on the D.C. appeals court. The full the the full D.C. appeal. Trump can request that the full uh, court make a ruling. So he has 45 days that he can delay before asking for that. Then it's likely we don't know how long it would take that the uh, the full court to decide, but they would probably decide against him. And then, according to Jonathan Turley, Trump has another 90 days before he has to appeal it to the Supreme Court. So according to Turley, Trump, Trump has 135 days from today unless Jack Smith is able to expedite it. And that's where things get a little bit complicated. But, you know, so I'll sort of leave that one to the side. So in other words, Trump has 100, 145 days, excuse me, 135 days that he can delay it. And then the trial would just sort of begin again in terms of the motions. So according to Turley, Trump, after that 135 days, would have a couple of months pre-trial. So he thinks that Trump will be able to sort of push this into that August-September zone, which would be within 90 days of the election and would violate DOJ policy. So I'll throw it back to you with that. That's the hope. Blake, we say DOJ policy, but... There's been a lot of, you know, traditions, norms, policies that have been thrown out because Trump has driven people so insane. Yes. In the past, it would have been Mm -hmm. unthinkable to bring, you know, what is at minimum a novel criminal charge against Trump. You know, one thing with maybe Mar-a-Lago or something, but with this January 6th stuff, it's a completely untested theory. No one's ever been prosecuted for this sort of thing. They're demanding a change in how we interpret First Amendment jurisprudence. Mm. And so they're throwing all of that out. And then we're falling back on, well, if we get two months out from Election Day, he wouldn't want to prosecute so close to the election. But what if Jack Smith just does that, too? He's like, yeah, I'm going to have Donald Trump on the docket, you know, on defending himself in he could on right? trial as people go to the polls. Kane, Charlie, can yeah, I please, respond? To, yeah, chime in. Can I respond to Blake really? Yeah, yeah, respond to Blake really quick. He makes a, a really good point, and let's not forget. There's one more angle to this, which is the obstruction of an official proceeding. As we know, the Supreme Court agreed to take up that case, which affects over 300 J6 defendants, and also affects two of the four charges against Trump being brought by Jack Smith. So uh, I've read Turley's analysis of this and others. They're saying that, that we shouldn't expect a Supreme Court decision on that obstruction charge until June. So it, that's another avenue that the Trump team has to delay this because they can say, look, Judge Chutkin, two of the four charges being brought against us are very possibly going to be tossed out by the Supreme Court here in June. So let's not waste time doing motions on these charges that won't even be there. So that's another angle I wanted to add. Yeah, that's so. So, Kane. Just if your best guess, and you you are so clairvoyant on these things. <laughs> no, I mean that. How is this going to play out? Is, is Trump going to be a convicted felon before Election Day? I'm going to say no. OK, and that's taking into account all the different trials. I'm going to say that that Fannie Willis will be 
I'm going to go ahead and predict that she is going to be removed because Georgia has a very, very tough conflict of interest law. So as she has already made public last week, if she if her prosecuting team is removed from the Fulton County case, that will delay that trial three or four months. So that pushes that one after the election. Then we've got, um, you know, this, this. So, no, I'm going to say Trump won't. But I'll say this. If they do convict him, if they're if if Trump goes to prison or is well, he won't because he'll stay out on appeal. But it's going to be a Nelson Mandela effect. I'm convinced after watching for six months how Trump's numbers have risen with each indictment. I'm convinced that if they did the ultimate step and convicted him and 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 were waiting for sentencing, I think that would probably help him with independence. Yeah, I, I think. The Nelson Mandela effect is super interesting. Riff on that 30 seconds, Blake. We do see some evidence of that, that it makes him a more sympathetic political figure. It really does. It, it Like we said, he's anti-fragile. He is stronger the more he stands up to every force that goes against him. It makes him seem like it's Trump against the world. Yeah, very, very few people are like that, by the way. Very few people are able to use mm-hmm. – are able to use opposition, use force that is applied, and it actually strengthens their – the fibers of their political or cultural power. Mm-hmm. Hey everybody, Charlie Kirk here. Mike Lindell and my pillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code Kirk and you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long. Get six-pack towel sets for only $29.98 and take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers. The 100% made in USA on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com or call 800-875-0425. Use promo code Kirk and get free shipping on your entire order. So call 800-875-0425 or go to MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. That is MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. I think so highly of Mike Lindell. He's a great patriot. He's a terrific person. Go to MyPillow.com, promo code Kirk. Do you have a thought, Blake? So the Trump-Biden thing, it's so funny to me that I've you know been hearing some reports from people who've talked with lawmakers in DC and I've it's heard always similar reports. It's always framed like, you know, the DNC, like there's some sort of central council that will take action on this. And everything I'm hearing is it's just it's chaotic. Everyone's hoping someone else will make Trump go away for them. And so the thing about replacing Biden is, well, Biden actually is the one in charge. Biden says he's running. Biden has said he's sticking it out the whole way. He thinks he's the yep. only one who can beat him. So there's some breaking news. I tend to agree with Blake. I think that Biden, yeah. they're, they're going to ride. And I think that's the way it is. All right. Kana, some breaking news. Uh, Tucker Carlson confirms he's interviewing Putin, why he's interviewing, and he went to Russia for the food. I'm kidding. Click cut 35. <laughs> We're in Moscow tonight. We're here to interview the president of Russia, Vladimir Putin. We'll be doing that soon. There are risks to conducting an interview like this, obviously. So we thought about it carefully over many months. Here's why we're doing it. First, because it's our job. We're in journalism. Our duty is to inform people. Two years into a war that's reshaping the entire world, most Americans are not informed. They have no real idea what's happening in this region, here in Russia or 600 miles away in Ukraine. But they should know. They're paying for much of it. 
in ways they might not fully yet perceive. All right, Kane, uh, I want your thoughts here. Now, this is it's going to be interesting. If you kind of go through the list of the most watched interviews in the history of television, uh, there's the Michael Jackson, Oprah Winfrey had 90 million views. Monica Lewinsky and Barbara Walters, 70 million views. I don't want to get ahead of myself, Kane. I think that the Tucker Putin interview might be the most watched interview in the history of the species. Yeah, that's a proclamation there. It's pro, you know, given the reach that Tucker has on Twitter, I don't think that is, uh, I, I think that's probably a smart bet. It's astonishing. You know, the, 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 the pages, the, the rumor pages have been going crazy these last two days following Tucker around, around Russia and Moscow citizens have been, excited and and uh i'm looking forward to it the last one i can remember and you can correct me if i'm wrong but i remember megan kelly going to moscow to interview putin Mm -hmm. since i launched the site so somewhere around 2019 2020 but i don't think anyone else has been there since then yeah and it's it's gonna melt the internet blake you worked for tucker what's your thoughts on this like i said it's something he was interested in for a long time i think he's Tucker is very genuinely interested in different countries and how they can do things differently from the U.S. He was in El Salvador before they had Bukele when it was just the MS-13 was still running the place. Mm -hmm. He's spoken with him since then. He's been very interested in that. Uh, He went to Hungary, or I think around 2020, 2021. He went to Brazil with Fox. Yeah, went to Brazil. He's always, you know, loved the idea that countries can do their own thing and they can, we can look to other countries for ideas on how to do it. It's it's kind of so funny that the idea is conservatives are, you know, closed-minded or they're very focused on their own country that, you know, in compared to globalists who take in the whole expanse yes. of humanity. But it really is that nationalists look to other nations for ideas and globalists are the ones who say like, "Oh, don't don't look abroad, yeah, don't talk such to a anyone." Smart point. Kane, any final thoughts on this as we wrap up? Yeah, I thought that was a great point by by Blake. It's um, you know, Tucker if I'm older than both you guys. You know, I've been watching Tucker since Crossfire on CNN, I don't know, 25 years ago. The guy has always been sort of on a, on a thirst for knowledge. And, and he has, you know, his views are not typical. Tucker, Tucker holds views that, um, that have often been outside the mainstream, even of conservative thought. So I, I applaud him for going. I'm going to promote the heck out of, out of that interview. And, and I look forward to hearing what, you know, what Putin has to say. There's a lot that's been hidden from us, uh, especially about, you know, how this war could have been avoided. And and hopefully Putin gets into that. And, and you know, it was really, I mean, I don't want to get too deep in the weeds here, but it was all about the threat of, Na- of, of NATO taking, you know, taking in Ukraine. And that wasn't on his doorstep. That was something that Putin wouldn't stand for, just like we wouldn't stand for Russian nuclear missiles in Cuba, 90 miles from our shores. So I really, really am looking forward to that interview. And uh, and I'll throw it back to you with that. Right. And uh, if this leads to a ceasefire, it will end up being one of the most important interviews uh, because this war has got to end. Just think about it. Blake, Andrew, Kane, thank you guys very much. Kane, you're the best. CitizenFreePress.com. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.